stop so quick. <laughs> oh, man, I'm still jamming out. Hello, and welcome back to the Financial Success Show. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Eady, the president here at Blackthorn Group. And joining me, as always, is my left-hand man, Captain Kirk Forsyth. Kirk, how are you doing today? I am doing amazing, Jeff. How are you doing? Uh, if I was any better, there'd be two of me, my friend. Oh, that's a scary thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, two Jeffs running around? Not I don't only think so. for you, for me, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine the trouble both of us would create. Anyhow, today we have uh, back a special guest. Uh, he My joined us favorite. last week. Yeah. And uh, we just didn't get enough of the conversation in nope. because time does tend to go a little bit too fast. Uh, once again, joining us, the CEO of Blackthorn Group, Craig Dunkerley. Craig, how you doing? Very good, guys. Very good. Thanks for having me on again. Really appreciate it. No, of no, course. Worries. And uh, Craig is not joining us from uh, the GTA this week. Craig, ah. where are you joining us from? I'm actually out in uh, Kingston uh, this afternoon and uh, tonight for um, Queen's University's QLEAD program. Uh, an excellent program. They uh, bring in uh, high school students uh, for a competition and um, they basically have to do their presentations on their business and their leadership. And I get to be a judge of the three finalists tonight. So I'm pretty excited about it. Nice, how'd you land that role? Uh, it actually came through um, through uh, Claudia Harvey. She was originally uh, scheduled to do uh, this for tonight, but uh, unfortunately, fortunately, she's doing business uh, right now in Jamaica for um, Dig It, so she couldn't attend, so pass my name along to them, and uh, they said for sure they would love to have me. So it's very similar to what I've done in the DECA program. So again, very excited to be a part of this for the uh, students tonight. And you know, maybe pass on some wisdom to them, a little bit of wisdom. They've asked me to do a 15-minute uh, presentation on entrepreneurship and uh, where I got started and, you know, things that they may uh, need to do to get themselves started. So it should be a good evening. That sounds That's extremely fun. challenging. How are you going to keep your entrepreneurship to 15 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can barely We're get in like an hour. <laughs> I've, I've made myself some jot notes on some key points I want to touch on, and I will try to keep each one to less than a couple of minutes instead of 15 minutes each. <laughs> oh, that's amazing and uh geez that's unfortunate that claudia is in jamaica to launch i know Diga. right that's, that's oh, you know it's nice feel so bad take for one her for the team. <laughs> yeah really Tough hey next to time do. claudia if you don't want to take one for the team i will gladly <laughs> take one gladly. and uh the great town of kingston is actually where craig and i first met uh that's just true. about three and a half years ago this is that's, true. Uh, Very true. Full circle. That's funny. That's funny. So um, I'm going to let, come, we're going to change this up a little bit. I'm going to let Kirk ask the first question. Just a couple. So I'm going to ask the next question, Kirk. How's, about, how's that? <laughs> ah, you know what? I'm okay with that. I I'm okay you on with the spot? that. Do you have stuff prepared? I've got one, two, three, four. I, the list goes on and on and on. Oh boy. So I've got boy. questions here. All right. I got tons it. of questions. All right. Which question do I want to start with? <laughs> Ooh. Oh, don't mess it up. Come on. I give you an opportunity. Mm. Shine, Kirk. Shine. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're all waiting. It's getting awkward now. Okay. 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 <laughs> well, Craig, last weekend we talked a little bit about investing and stuff like that. Now, I'm a millennial. Yay, boo me. Poor me. But <laughs> for millennials these days, um, we all want to invest in the market, but uh, we just can't or we don't know how to or we just don't have money to so in today's world how does a millennial get started that's only making like forty thousand dollars a year okay okay this is a one-hour show right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i've got two hours <laughs> you know, i don't <laughs> uh, okay. although i would love to i don't 
Um, you know, it's an excellent question, Kirk. Uh, millennials today um, very challenged uh, with um, investing. Things have become so uh, costly and some things difficult to get into, specifically when we invest in real estate. You know, the real estate market has gone up so high that many millennials don't even expect to own a home right now or oh, I in their don't. future, right? So, you know, but that's that's the mindset out there, but it, it's not difficult to change your, your future on that. Uh, I believe you have to start early with the thought process and the mindset of putting some money away. Um, and there's different ways to do that. You know, as you know, we uh, talk in uh, Blackthorn about everybody has to have a business. Everybody yes. in North America has to have a business because the tax rate on anyone who has a job is so high that you just can't save today. So being in business, generating tax refunds while you're getting your business going and not spending a lot of money on your business, and then taking those refunds, money that you had given away, money that I like to call free money, taking that money and investing it. So that's an excellent way to start. So when, when I hear individuals say, I don't have any money, well, let's go create some money for you, legally and legitimately, obviously, but let's go create money yes. for you. And, and today it can uh, very much start with a small business and those tax refunds. Or, and the other side is, you know, get disciplined right from the beginning. You know, sit down with professionals. Don't try to run it on your own. You know, in our office, you know, coming in to speak with our accounting team about what business or how to do a business and how to direct your money a little bit differently can be a huge, a huge advantage right from the start. I remember I ran into, I've run into a few students, obviously through this program and DECA program, uh, and had the opportunity to, to talk to them about finances. And I remember one girl, she came into our millionaires club through her aunt and she didn't have any money to invest. She wasn't invested, but she buckled down. She listened to what the power of, of compounding is, the power of starting with a little bit now and what it can be worth down the future. And she put, started putting away $500 a month to invest. Within four months, she had a couple of thousand dollars. By the end of the year, she had $6,000 plus what she has, had made. And also she had a tax refund coming to her the next year of another four or $5,000. So somebody going from, I have no money to invest to all of a sudden she's got $10,000, $12,000 at the end of one year in her investment. It's just a shift. It's just a very simple shift, Kirk, to say I can't or I don't to saying I will and I am. That's awesome. That's really, really awesome. I mean, that's something that I gotta do now. <laughs> Whoa. Well, I hope so because you're working in the middle of it all, so. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 I am, I am, for sure. Phoebe just threw me off there with uh, that oh, One of my mentors, Michael Burnoff, says shift happens. Shift <laughs> <laughs> does happen and it can happen. You can, or you can direct it yourself, right? You know that, Jeff? Well, I think yeah. that's that's an extremely important uh, um, fact to 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 reiterate. There is that uh, Jim Rohn said it best: life doesn't just happen; life happens just. Unless people start making that adjustment right uh, right off the bat, 
they're going to get what they're going to get regardless like it, it has nothing to do with them and you can't just let it go you have to actually take power over it and control over it and one of the things uh, great things that you've really brought to my attention craig is having a relationship with your money i know personally when i was uh in what is now the millennial category i was a gen xer Man, I how guess I still long am. ago was that Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I know there were times where I'd go to my bank account and I wouldn't take the receipt just because I was afraid to see what was in the account. I had yes. a general idea. But I, you know, we had like that love-hate thing going with my bank account, like an ex-girlfriend. I call I that the Sunday, the Sunday scaries. <laughs> the Sunday scaries. <laughs> That's what that's called in today's day and age. I, I, I like that. <laughs> so, Kirk, you got, uh, you got another one for us? I do. I've got a lot. Right? Like go. I said, well, Craig, because you're invested in real estate, you're invested in index funds. What do you prefer to invest in or what's a safer investment? Would it be stocks or real estate? Uh, that, that shifts, uh, Kirk. It's not always the same. Uh, I'm a fan, a huge fan of real estate. I've invested in real estate all my life uh, since I was 23 years old when uh, uh, Tan and I uh, rented out the basement of our house, which I've talked about a number of times. And you know, those people paid our, our real estate. But one of the things that my dad, you've heard me talk, uh, anybody who listens to me on a regular basis, you've heard me talk about uh, bricks and mortar. And that's something mm -hmm. my dad taught me very early on, the value of bricks and mortar. You know, investing in stocks can be risky, right? Stocks can go to, go to zero. My dad worked for Nortel, and I remember Air Canada going bankrupt, and anybody who had stocks in Air Canada, you know, their investment's going to nothing. But when I look at real estate and the why, reason I got attracted to real estate was really what my dad said, bricks and mortar. The bricks are not gonna go away. They are gonna be there. And as long as you're working with people who know what they're doing or you educate yourself so that you know what you're doing, you don't over leverage yourself. You put yourself in a situation where it doesn't matter if real estate goes up or down, you're on the winning side of it then real estate for me has always been a great bet and from my experience, an excellent investment uh, for short term and long term, depending on what you're looking for. Uh, as for, for stocks, index funds, you know, I'm a very big fan of index funds because of the, the low fee attached to them and, you know, making the money for yourself, not for your bank and following Warren Buffett's advice on the, low, yeah. the value of low fee investing, which index funds is. But even when it comes to stocks, I've done investing in stocks and I will continue to invest in stocks, but it's timing. You know, right now we look at the P.E. Schiller report that stocks are trading according to the P.E. Schiller report at more than double their value. When do you buy stuff? When it's high or when it's low, right? I'm not buying right now because the market is extremely high. You know, is that a good decision or a bad decision? I won't know until next year, <laughs> right? I don't have that crystal ball. But will I be watching yeah. for when the market goes low? Have I educated myself on buying stocks and companies in such a way that when they go on sale, I'm ready to buy? So I know what to buy and what's a good buy? Absolutely, I have. And I've done that through connecting myself with people who are knowledgeable in this space and educating myself and testing, testing the theories. So I am ready for when stocks go on sale again when good companies go on sale again. And yes, I will invest in stocks. But right now my, my priority and, and my focus, the, the foundation of, of my investing is definitely real estate. <coughs> so Excuse while me. we're talking about stocks, pot stocks, yes, no, maybe? Ah, yeah, I like that question. Well, you know, um, 
One of the one of the biggest things I look at when I invest in companies and investing in <coughs> excuse me investing in companies investing in stocks is investing in companies. And one of the 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 big things when you look at pot stocks, uh, marijuana stocks, cannabis stocks is it's an industry that's in its infancy. Right? You don't want to or I personally when I go out to look at companies I want to invest in you know, I want to make sure it's an, an incredible product that I can be passionate about. I don't want to invest in anything that I'm not passionate about. You guys know that I'm passionate about numbers and dollars and, you know, that's why I run an accounting firm and why I invest in real <laughs> estate, right, and businesses. But you have to be passionate about the business uh, you're investing in. Very passionate about any of the businesses I get in. So that's first and foremost. Second of all is you really have to know the management, the team of the company that you're investing in. That to me is number two. Number three, but equally important, maybe even more important, what is the cycle of that industry right now? If you're getting into a company that the industry is on a decline, is that really a good bet? You know, high tide raises all ships, right? Now, if the industry is in its infancy and getting going and ready to explode, chances are many companies do well. You still have to do your, your due diligence, but getting into an industry that is on a rise as opposed to an industry that's on a decline. And to me, is the cannabis industry on an incline? Absolutely. Absolutely. Or it appears to be. Uh, there's a lot of talk out there that the the cannabis companies are very oversold right now and they are overvalued. So, you know, how do you go find that company that is of low value and has great opportunity uh, to have growth? And so you're saying you wouldn't invest in uh, fax machines right now? No, I probably would not <laughs> invest in fax machines right now. What's a fax machine? Again, I had the fortune of attending one of Tony Robbins' business mastery courses that was very focused on, on that type of topic and spent some time coaching with Tony's team on, on really – what to look at in businesses. I've done the same thing with Phil Town for how Warren Buffett invests and how Charlie Munger invests. You know, educating yourself about how successful people do it and then, you know, copy what they do. And, and that's what I bring to Blackthorn. I, I go out and I learn, I practice, I put it into, into practice and use and then, you know, bring the knowledge to our clients. And I know you guys are a great uh, part of uh, bringing that, this information to our clients through our shows and through your networking, through your one-on-one. So I really appreciate what you guys do getting that message out there too, guys. Thanks a lot. No worries. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank I mean, you. Really for us, it's about serving the people that come to us. We had a, a lady come to yeah, us this we morning. Yeah. Uh, she was literally sitting in my office in tears. Yeah. Uh, thinking that she was drowning in debt, and we were able to turn her completely around. She'll be debt-free in about uh, 30 days, and investing with us uh, probably about 10 days after that. So, pretty amazing the things that uh, that that this team of people has been able to put together to, to serve the clients, and and I'm proud to be a part of that. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Let's talk a little bit about uh, real estate and where you are bearish, where you are bullish. Uh, I know GTA has been a uh, 
uh, a bull market for quite a long time. I'm pretty bearish personally on, on GTA, but I know there are some great spots in Ontario. What's your uh, thoughts on GTA and on Ontario as a whole? Well, really, really, Jeff, it's uh, identifying where there's opportunities right now. Uh, again, I follow Warren Buffett's strategy here is finding something that's uh, cheap and has a great opportunity to go up. So I am actually uh, looking at a couple of properties right now out in the London and Windsor area, although I have not done any uh, research out there. Uh, I am starting to do research out there to see what's going on in the markets to drive these markets and is there opportunity for growth in the real estate market. But right now for Ontario focused on Owen Sound. Uh, really love the Owen Sound uh, area. Uh, you went uh, up there back in January, if you recall, while I was in Florida. Um, looking. Yes, I remember driving up north in the snow oh, while you sorry. were in Florida. <laughs> so I, I'm sorry I was in Florida at the time, but uh, it's it was zero Florida, degrees in Orlando, in Jamaica, so uh, it wasn't. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, I remember you were wearing so, yeah, a sweater. <laughs> so Owen Sound, um, you know, there's a lot of rundown properties there and uh, anybody knows uh, or has talked to what we do at Blackthorn, uh, finding rundown properties is actually good for us because it's an opportunity to pass those expenses through our partners who invest in joint venture with us on these properties and generate the tax refunds if they've pulled their monies out of their RSPs. So, you know, finding areas that are rundown is key and it's always been an area that I've been focused on anyways. Even the first properties I, I bought after that first house where I rented the basement, when I bought a couple of more duplexes, they were rehabbers. You know, we rehabbed them right from the beginning and then rented them out, right? It's the best way to get things cheap sometimes and if it's in a good market. But we're seeing a lot of opportunity in Owen Sound. We're seeing rents already starting to move up. We're seeing more people looking at the area. I know Kirk, last week you were talking about Sabo Beach and what's going yep. on over there and some of the million dollar homes that are going up in the area. Oh, if you've got that type of migration to the area, million dollar homes going up, something's happening. And when something's happening, it's time to have a look, pay attention and get some deals. And that's what we're doing right now. I just put a couple of more offers in actually um, yesterday, late yesterday, I think it was about uh, 1130 at night when I signed them back to the agent <laughs> so that we can actually really make a presence in that area because there's opportunity. Now you said London and Windsor, correct? Yes, I did. Would those areas be prime for student rentals? Uh, very likely. Right? Is that kind of what you're looking at? Very because likely. I know those are two very um, university driven cities you've been paying attention i have been paying attention <laughs> i right? love it yeah because i i actually have a friend who i used to work with when i was a personal trainer who bought a um investment property down in st Catharines, though and it was used as a student yep. rental is that something that you're looking at doing yeah i love the idea of student rentals um we've we've crossed on it before we've looked at areas before for student rentals um, making sure that the property can handle the students and making sure that obviously it's in close proximity to the schools is very important. Uh, our real estate agent that I'm working with in Owen Sound, he had a couple of what he believes are very nice properties come across his desk for London and Windsor and his first thought was us, that we might want to expand into those areas. So he fired them over to me 
I'm going to have a look. I'm not sure where they're located right now, but if they're be near enough to the uh, to the schools, then absolutely we will consider them as student rentals. Mm, interesting. Well, if you want me to go take a look at them, I'm heading down to London this weekend for the Yates <laughs> Cup, London University. Go Guelph! Just throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm having fun. I'm just saying. Kirk, Kirk this weekend visiting London property. Uh, I, can't, I can't wait to get those texts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my mom's coming with me. So we, you talked about... <laughs> I can't wait to meet your mom. Oh, I can't wait to meet Mrs. Forsythe. Mrs. Forsythe, if you're watching, I want you to come to the office one day. <laughs> Don't do it, Mom. It's a trap. Fine, I'm coming to your house. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you uh, you mentioned uh, that you that uh, um, purchasing underperforming properties, rehabbing them is your strategy, and you said something there that's important about RRSPs. Can you explain how the two of them link together, and and perhaps why you do or don't love RRSPs? <laughs> All right, this is an hour show, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks, Jeff. Um, um... <laughs> Doing my job. <laughs> our RSPs right up, right off the bat um, are a major concern for me. You know, they're a very good tool when you put money into them because you get that tax refund, which many people need. Uh, unfortunately, many people go spend that tax refund instead of investing it or doing something else with it, which we're trying to curb as we educate people and get people connected with their money. But uh, really, when we look at it uh, from our strategies getting into business and, and reducing your tax rate and generating uh, refunds that way, uh, I feel from my experience is a much more efficient way to reduce your taxes and get money back. Because the challenge is once you put that money in your RSP, getting it back out is so difficult. So difficult. I see so many people with that RSP money stuck in there. I think you brought up the question one day or I think last show to, to Kirk. When you retire, do you want to be making more money than you are right now or less money? And I think Kirk very quickly said, yeah, when I retire, I want to be making more money than what I'm making yeah. right now. And even considering that inflation, you will naturally, hopefully be making more money. So when it comes time to pull out that RSP later in life, all of a sudden you're getting hit by a big tax at that point in time, whether it be 25%, 30%, 35%, or even worse, if you pass away, and you've still got that money stuck in RSPs, you're sending it to, to your kids or to someone else, except a spouse, of course, because it's tax-free going to a spouse. But if you're sending it to somebody else, it is getting nailed up in the high tax rates of 48%. And you know any sizable amount of savings is going right back to the government. I remember doing an analysis for a client who her, her aunt had left her $231,000 and by the time it all rolled out at the end, she was left with $98,000. The tax was massive, absolutely massive. It affected her, her, her work income even and, and put her into such a high tax bracket. So the RSP is such a, a danger for your future, such a danger for your future or the money that you wanna pass it along. And that's why we worked hard to generate our, our RSP program that helps clients, gets clients out of the RSP with a zero tax hit. 
zero tax hit. And as you know, we guarantee that. And back to your question, how do underperforming properties do that for us? When we get into underperforming properties that need rehab right from the beginning, by rehab, I don't mean improvements. I just mean repairs to their existing structure, not really structure, I shouldn't say that, repairs to their existing innards. Trying to get this word right right now. Repairs to their existing innards, you know, not improving, not, not upgrading, just repairs to put them back how they were. We can pass those expenses on to our clients with an opportunity of future profits, and that generates a tax refund to them. And when that tax refund comes back, they've pulled out of their RSPs tax-free and got 100% benefit of the money they've got sitting in there. And now it's working for them and not for their bank. Yeah, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. Um, I personally uh, inherited a, a fairly large amount of money a few years back and went to the bank asking them for advice. And the first thing they said was put into an RRSP and it was $100,000. And I've since come to learn, thankfully I was smart enough to say no. I uh, know that the bank doesn't necessarily <laughs> have your best interest in mind. Um, but knowing what I know now, had I put that $100,000 in there that was tax-free because it came from an estate, I would have been subject to a $30,000 withholding tax because I would have listened to the bank. Yeah. Yeah. Now, thankfully, I wasn't. I was smart enough to not listen to the bank, and I lost all the money on my own. <laughs> but <laughs> I'd rather screw it up lose to the bank. Thirty thousand dollars from the bank, or lose a hundred by myself. Ah, but the education. Mm. The education too. That's true. You know, we Priceless. guy. We we hear the um we hear the statement uh, all the time, and you know, I I present it on a regular basis, as I'm sure you guys do. Is you know, we all work hard for our money. It's about time our money started working hard for, for us. Um, you know, work smart, not hard. You know, work hard while you have to till you can build up uh, what you need to that it can start working for you. And unfortunately, 99%, 97% of the population, their money is not working for them. It's working for their bank. And our yeah, goal in, in connecting people with their money is showing them how their money can work better for them, working smarter for them and earning them money and not their bank, or just like the RSP program, not sending a chunk of that money back to the government at the end of the day. Yeah, that's huge, that's huge. Um, kind of a, a little offshoot of that, as we're talking about getting your money working for you and, and all of that, we are living in a time where I believe our expenses have grown faster than our income, or at least yep. the base living wage uh, came out today, I heard on the radio that they're saying seventeen ninety eight an hour is the base living wage. It jumped our, again? That's what they're, no, 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 not, not what people are gonna get paid for minimum wage, but they're saying that we require oh. Eighteen dollars yes. an hour yeah. minimum yep. to be living at today's uh, today's rate. Well, that's, so that's so what you're referring to, Jeff, is the poverty rate, I assume. Yeah. So that's yes, I so heard seventeen seventeen eighty nine. I think it's what you said. That's a little bit less than thirty six thousand dollars a year if you're working a forty hour week, right? Yeah. Wow. Gosh, he's good at math. Yeah, I know, right? It's kind of scary. <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> yeah. No, that's uh, that that sounds about right. What's your thoughts on on the ability for people to do that right now. The ability to do what? Get an $18 an hour wage or the 36,000 a year. Is that uh, something How do you that's... support a family? How do you live off of that get, kind of income? Again, um, More or less, yeah. When, when, I, when I look at that, guys, 
you know, $36,000 a year, uh, if referring to that number, basically being the poverty level. If you earn less than that, you're, you're living in poverty and you can't, you can't support a household with less than that. And that's why so many couples today have to both work and nobody's home for the child and, and what have you. But, you know, when we really look at that number is $36,000 is their gross income. That's not their net, yeah. that's their gross. So, you know, six, $8,000 of that is going to the government. So they're actually living on 28,000 or 30,000. And I don't have that exact number on me right now, but you know, that takes it down to the poverty level of when I started working back, I'm not going to say 30 years ago or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) What's the withholding tax on that? (laughs) Yeah, But you know, letting that money go to tax, you know, 25, 30% of that money going to tax, I, I don't know how people survive, but if you take that money back, take it back, do something to get that money back for us as getting into a business and then live off what you are getting on your net value and invest that money, invest the tax yeah. and put it to work for you. That's huge, hugely important. Kirk, you got another one lined up for us there? Yeah, tons of them. Well, come on, get to it. <clears throat> hey, I had some questions. You had some questions. I'm letting you roll with it. Um, <clears throat> as a millennial, let's say I had you know a couple thousand dollars, like $10,000 that I just have laying around, savings or whatever. What would you recommend a millennial put that in? Would you recommend them putting it into an index fund or trying to find real estate somewhere? Well, as you guys know, um, I don't make uh, recommendations. I'm, I'm not a financial planner. Uh, I'm a financial coach. So I basically look at what is going on in the market and what can I do with that money. So when I really start to look at somebody starting out with $10,000, I think, what would I do with that money for myself? And there's multiple ways to address a small amount like that. In the past, as you know, I've, I've coached and, and shown people how to invest in the index funds, which has been an excellent program. But with the markets being at such risk right now, uh, that becomes a difficult situation. So the next step for me is really, should we be looking at amounts like that getting into real estate? And if we are getting money like that into real estate, I'm looking at partnering with people. If I've got $10,000, I want to partner with somebody who needs ten thousand dollars real estate deal so that I can get in on a bigger deal than what is um, possible for me with that ten thousand dollars so that I do get started in some kind of real estate Uh, private lending is another area to really handle money like that I like to go into private lending because then I'm lending against real estate in most cases so I don't have investment in the real estate but now I'm lending to the real estate so I've got that protection again so you know really looking at how to take that $10,000 and piggyback it on somebody who's much bigger than me you know I'm reading uh, the book right now of uh, Amazon and the growth of Amazon and I'm at a point where they're talking about how they made their servers and their business structure available to start up businesses. Start up businesses who could come and have the massive ability to use Amazon's tools and reduce their costs to a level that a large company has as opposed to what they would have as a small company. So as an investor, I like to look at the same thing. How can I take my money 
and go get it working for me like the wealthy. And that means connecting with somebody of wealth, a program of wealth, companies with wealth that can actually, you know, let's piggyback and grow this thing. Cool. Very cool. You should have seen the smile that just came across Jeff's face as you said private lending. <laughs> <laughs> you have a question there, Jeff, about that? No, you just know I, I, I love the private lending industry. It's my background and uh, very excited about about the future prospects of private lending and mortgage lending. So, yeah, yeah. very good. Well, another question for you, Craig, is <laughs> I'm doing um, a lot of reading right now. I've read um, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Excellent. Dad. What are your two favorite books that you would recommend for a millennial to read? <laughs> well, that is definitely <laughs> one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of figured it was. That's why I read it <laughs> and I loved it. But what are your two other? Uh, okay. that one. <laughs> so uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, just to touch on that one, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that one really opened up my eyes when I was young. Uh, it showed me the the path to real estate, although my dad had talked to me a lot about bricks and mortar, mortar and I was already on the path to real estate. It really solidified for me. And then even further with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, talking about the four quadrants of being an employee, being a sole proprietor, being a business owner of a corporation, and then being a CEO of a corporation with employees and investments and having your money work for you while sleeping. That really is what that book did for me. But since then, um, uh, a favorite of mine that I've just recently read is um, Phil Knight's book, uh, Shoe Dog. Uh, Phil Knight is the founder of Nike, for anybody who doesn't know that. The struggles of what Nike went through to get where they got to um, is, is a very good book to understand uh, business. And I can't make the recommendation right now uh, because I haven't read it myself, but it is the next book on my shelf after I finish uh, uh, reading um, the Bezos book and the, the uh, Path of Amazon is Sam Walton's book. Um, oh, I, I have not, I have not read awesome. it now yet as of yet, uh, but it is the next one on my shelf because some of the books I've been reading recently, there's so many references back to Sam uh, of Walmart, obviously, and, and his book and, and his uh, processes and his teachings. So uh, I feel that that will be a book that I will be uh, recommending very shortly, uh, maybe by the end of the month. But other than that, you know, there's some, some great books out there on, you know, just business strategies as a whole, right? Uh, How Man Thinketh, there's, there's so many books out there. So just getting out there and reading for, for many millennials, whether you're an entrepreneur or want to start a business or just want to improve your life all around. Yeah, I would agree. That's that's huge. I uh, I actually started rereading the Sam Walton book. It's it's pretty incredible. I mean, I I love rereading books because you always you're coming back with different eyes. You're looking at it f through a different lens, really, as you've grown and matured. Uh, but Sam Walton had a really interesting philosophy to the way that he did things, and and uh, his passion was probably the most important thing. The guy was a, a consummate retailer. And uh, I'm very excited that you're going to read the book. You and I are going to have some great discussions about that. And you're very <laughs> right about that too, Jeff. And going back and rereading some books, um, you know, I've read some books while I w when I was younger in my in my teens and my twenties. And you know, I do have a very different perspective now. So there are some that I am going to go re read again. 
Yeah, yeah. No, it's I, I love doing that. And same with audios. Uh, I spend quite a bit of time in my car. Uh, you know, I, I drive about 40 minutes each way to and from work, and I love listening to uh, Tony Robbins in the car that I'm currently listening to or anything like that. And those guys I continuously go back and, and re-listen to, and, and again, you hear it with different ears. You do. It's, uh, it's amazing how your own development skews the information that, uh, that you, you take in from those things. Yeah, and the, these are, you know, some of the, some of the topics I'm going to touch on tonight uh, here at QLead uh, with the students is, you know, networking in your business and, um, and reading, you know, reading, finding people who've been successful in, in what you want in your life and going to listen to them, get their stories. And, you know, you talk about uh, listening in, in the car while you're driving. You know, Tony Robbins talks about that, calls it net time, right? No extra mm -hmm. time. Yeah. You're driving anyways. And, you know, I love listening to music. While I'm working at my desk, I cannot listen to the Amazon book because I'm working at my desk and, you know, I can't concentrate on, on the audio of the book. So I have music playing all the time in my office. But when I get in my car, it is 100% a book, an audio book playing and listening and learning. And it takes no time. I just spent two hours driving out here to Kingston and I was learning the entire time. Nice. I'm just I, picturing you driving that Camaro down the street listening to an audiobook instead of like some <laughs> music or something. It's kind of funny. I, I caught there that it is about a two and a half hour drive, but he made it in two hours. <laughs> oh! Are you speeding, Craig? Absolutely not. My car just cuts through the air very cleanly and nicely. Ah, nice recovery on that one. That's awesome. Well, Craig. you got time for one more question. Awesome. Do you want it, no, Jeff, or do you it, want Kirk, me? You take All it. right. Take it, buddy. Is there a way that you can – I'm going to lead this back to um, investing, especially in stocks and index funds. Is there a way that you can kind of protect yourself from the game of losing everything? Well, unfortunately, in, uh, in investing <laughs> – like, Is there a strategy uh, to it or it, no? There's not, there's not a 100% way of protecting yourself. Um, you know, investing is risky. But it's, I've always found as an analytic is the more analyzing I do, the more due diligence I do, the smarter my decisions are, right? And, you know, as I analyze companies that I'm going to invest in, again, I have to be passionate about the product. And then I have to love the management team. I have to believe that it's a very capable management team and then look at what things could negatively impact this business or this industry. So doing your, doing your due diligence on what could go wrong and then not over leveraging yourself. I remember when I left the Zellers organization, uh, I did some day trading for a year and I really enjoyed it and I learned the mechanics of the charts and, and the stock market. It was a great educational uh, time for me. And as you know me, anything I do, I don't do just to go do. I go do it so I can learn. And when I learn, I bring it to others. And when I was doing that trading, I learned a lot. But I really, really was very careful not to put too much of my money into one thing. When I was out trading and I was buying into companies that had huge opportunities to make me money, I also knew that they had an opportunity to go to zero. If I put 100% of my money into one basket, it could wipe me out completely. Putting in 10% and letting it ride, you know, is, is a lot less risky. So I'm really talking, I guess, here about diversification, 
but you have to be careful not to dirt over diversify. You know, Warren Buffett talks about that. Some people get so diversified that they have no idea what's going on in their portfolio. Yeah. So make sure you've got targets, certain areas, and then diversify within that. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, yeah. uh, what we do here a lot of is, is real estate and diversifying within the real estate. And it doesn't necessarily mean you got to have a whole bunch of different places. Like you don't have to have 20 different towns. There's ways to diversify within one town, within one strategy. Yeah. But it's understanding how that diversification happens and what can mitigate your risk. Um, and, and really, I like to liken gambling uh, and investing to very similar things. There's, there's things you can do in gambling where you are pretty much guaranteed to lose your money. Uh, <laughs> but there's also games you can play like, uh, like blackjack, gotcha. where as long as you know the rules, you've got a pretty good chance of winning. Yep, you do. And uh, I, think, I think personally, investing is a lot like that. As long as you know the rules, you're going to really mitigate the possibility of losing and, and increase your chances of winning. And uh, don't don't split your aces. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jeff, don't split your aces. You're definitely that guy, aren't you? I might be. You are that guy. And that guy that sits at the blackjack table and always plays for himself, and not with the team against the dealer. Yeah, it's not your game. It's mine. So I would yeah. I, I would add to that, Jeff. Is um, myself from my own experience, anything that I've moved into, anything I've moved into, I've always gone and found somebody who already is successful in that area. When we went to Detroit, we the, 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 the lady we connected up with in Detroit, the year before she had bought 300 properties in the auction. She's a native of Detroit. Wow. She lived there, she breathed there. She was a very successful investor, right? Connecting with people who've had success in what you want and you know, learn from them, connect from them, mimic them, and 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 get their their education under you as opposed to just running out and trying to figure it out yourself because you'll spend a lot of money trying to figure it out yourself and you'll spin <laughs> wheels you'll spin a lot of wheels what is it uh david allen says ope other people's experience there, there you go there you go and, yeah. you know that's what i that's what i hope we've bought brought uh to blackthorn that we've built up our experience that we can now share and help clients from our successes have their own success as well. And, and, and that's, as you know, a large goal of ours at Blackthorn and we're succeeding. And, you know, when you listen to your story about the lady this morning, I don't know how many clients or new people I've had come into my office over the past number of years crying, not knowing how they'll ever get there. And it's just pull back, get connected, find the solution and move forward and it's possible. That's a lot easier when you don't have the emotions attached yeah. to you, right? It's, uh, it's a lot scarier when it's your money. It's a lot easier when you can step out of it, for sure. That's true. Well, it looks like it's that time again for Kirk's favorite game. Really? really? You're going to do it? Of course I'm going to do it. Right. But don't worry, Craig. It's a different game this time. Oh, how is it your favorite if it's a different game? It's your second well, it's my favorite? favorite segment of the show. Yeah, it actually is my second favorite. It's my favorite segue or segment oh, in the show. There, that's what right, I'm looking let's, for. Let's have it. All right, Craig. Here we go. You ready? ready? All right. We're going to play Would You Rather. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So, would you rather eat maggot filled cheese or have an RSP? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
Well, I think I already know the answer to this one, but I, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Survivor. I always love that show and the strategy in that show. And I've seen them eat maggots. So it has to be okay to do. So please don't bring them to the office, but I would eat the maggot prior oh. to putting my, my money into an RSP. <laughs> All right, I got a question. How much has to go into the RSP? Because <laughs> I won't be able to choke down the maggots. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of want to see Craig eat maggots now. <laughs> well, he just said it ain't going to happen. I know, so. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I don't know why I let you do things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again, Craig, for joining us. I know you've got an exciting night ahead of you at the uh, Q Lead Conference yeah, at Queen's and I'm University. Kind of curious, what kind of judge are you going to portray? The Simon Cowell, the <laughs> Abdul, the Howie Mandel? No, I'm I'm a firm believer in um, in in guiding and directing um, the groups. Uh, I will I will judge them on their presentation and their knowledge, what they put into their presentation, and their the possibility of what they presented has to grow. You know, have they really looked at a product or an industry or a business that has opportunity, and have they identified that opportunity, and they do they know how to capitalize on it? So I will be judging on that and they do get feedback. I get the opportunity to give them feedback. So I will, I will guide them in things that I believe they've done very well and some things that they maybe need to look a little bit closer at uh, from my experience. But you know, one of these things I love about doing these um, events is tonight's is with high school students. Am I going over time, Jeff? Tonight, <laughs> yeah, I know. He's looking at me. And he's looking at his watch like, Kirk, why'd you ask this question? Tonight is, tonight is with high school students, and I've had the opportunity to do this with high school students and with college and university students. And, you know, myself being uh, just slightly over 50 years old, uh, I come up from a very different um, business background. So I always leave these events with some knowledge myself. So for me, it's about in judging, actually opening up a communication with the students and getting feedback from them of what they're seeing right now as the next big thing, because they're closer to it now than I am. So this is a two-way street when I do an event like this. It's not just helping them and educating and guiding them. I take away quite a bit as well. Yeah, it's interesting. And no, I was only looking at my watch because we were about to wrap up, and now there's a whole bunch more questions I have well, when you started talking about that. See, there's like a that. theory to that question why I asked that. Craig, what are you doing next Thursday? No, I'm sorry, guys. I cannot be on next Thursday. <laughs> yeah, no, we have a two week break, Kirk. You've, ah. Linda? Linda? Enough. <laughs> no, I, that's a huge point that you're learning as much from them as they're learning from you. That's, that's, that's pretty huge. Mm -hmm. um, especially since, I mean, being, no offense, 50 plus, I'm 40. Why would you think that's offensive? Well, <laughs> well, I was trying to be nice about it. I mean, uh, you and I are not in touch with what's going on with the 18-year-olds. And the 18-year-olds are going to be determining the market in the next few Absolutely. years. Absolutely. Um, and, and as they bring themselves into the job market, they change it much the same as 
you know, we're now used to the millennials, but five, 10 years ago, the word millennial or, or Gen Y, which never gets used anymore, was a frightening word to people who were above that generation. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what they're calling the next people in, <laughs> but uh, it's pretty cool that you got your finger on the pulse with it and that you are paying attention to what they're doing. Well, now today, things are moving so fast, so fast. You know, when I was, when I was in my 20s, I thought things were moving fast. And you know, compared to when my parents were in their 20s. But the, the rate at which things change and improve right now is incredible. And, you know, the millennials and, and now, you know, these students and I'm, I'm talking with tonight is they are th seeing things come in and go out so fast. They will see more in their lifetime change than in one year, probably, than I've seen probably in my entire life. So, you know, it, it is definitely something to stay in touch with and, and be a part of. Yeah, that's that's absolutely crazy. I mean, you think about what, what we've seen in our lifetimes and, and how fast it's happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's only been 15 years or well, maybe almost 20 now that the Internet was a real thing. I can only imagine how fast technology is going to advance and, and you know, see jobs dis disappear and new ones created and it's uh, it's a pretty interesting time to be an 18 year old and coming into uh, into the into the world. Yep. But uh, no more questions from Kirk because we don't have enough time anymore. All we right. will wrap it up. Fine. <laughs> Not that we don't want to talk with you, Craig. There's there's uh, like this this just opens up a whole new can of worms that we could have talked about for another hour. But uh, thank you very much for joining us from uh, from Kingston today, Craig. Uh, again at the Q Lead Conference at Queen's University. Uh, going to be a judge there tonight, much the same as the DECA Youth Championship Awards, always giving back to the community, which I am a huge fan of, and one of the reasons that uh, Craig and I became friends. Craig, any, uh, any final thoughts? On anything specific? <laughs> <laughs> anything you would like to share with Craig? <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, oh, that was any final thoughts you would like to leave the audience with? Um, you know, I, you know, it's, it's, um, it's about being connected, guys. Um, any anyone listening, uh, I, I say this over and over, and, and you know, sometimes I repeat myself, but you know, it's about getting connected today, getting connected with your money. Uh, getting connected with your, your tax refund, getting connected with other people, you know, networking and, 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 and you know, connecting with other people. That's why I'm here tonight. I'm, I'm here to, to, to judge these students and help them, but also get connected. Uh, I remember the last event that I did, I had a number of students follow up with me for some sideline coaching to help them with them take their, their business to the next level, their competition, their, their, their presentation for the comp competition at nationals to, to take it to that next level. And, you know, although that's just maybe at this point helping a, a student, whether it be university or high school, getting to that next level of, of their competition, you know, that's a connection that could come back down the road, either for them or for me. You know, we're always looking for great talent in Blackthorn. And some of these students are going to be amazing talent. If they're in these leadership programs already, they're people to watch, they're people to connect with. Blackthorn as a whole, for us to, to go to the next level, we have to be there. And tonight, for me, will also be about connecting with some of these students who may come back into our life down the road, into Blackthorn down the road. 
So it's always about opening doors and uh, connecting with your money and connecting with people and, and working together, sharing, building partnerships and, and growing life together in, in a fun way. Yeah, that's huge. I, I uh, Robert Kiyosaki, uh, that your net worth is determined by your network. Uh, I, 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 may, I was thinking about it the other day. I saw somebody on their phone that I was walking by, and the fact that they were on their phone while somebody's walking by looking at them, how many opportunities do people miss nowadays because their head's stuck in their phone instead of starting up a stranger a conversation with a stranger on a plane? You know, It's amazing. You, you don't know who you're sitting beside sometimes. You really don't. Yeah. yeah. No, that's sage advice right there. So thank you so much for joining us, Craig. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. You are a wealth of knowledge and uh, somebody that can certainly add value to, uh, to the audience and, and to the show. Thanks again for joining us from Kingston. I know uh, you got lots to do, so we'll let you go on that end. Kirky, any uh, final words of... Uh, never mind. Well, Jeff, any I... Any final actually... words at all? <laughs> <laughs> That's a no. That's a hard no. Hard no. I'm good. I got all my well, questions out today. Thank you, Kirk. Thank you. I'm glad you had a chance to participate. Uh, <laughs> again, thank you to our CEO of Blackthorn Group, Mr. Craig Dunkley, for joining us from Kingston and the Q League Conference. Thank you, my left-hand man, Kirk Forsyth. Captain Kirk for joining us today. Uh, a couple of quick things. You want to see us live? We have uh, our financial success evening every Tuesday night at 730 here at our office. Mm -hmm. You're welcome to join us. You can uh, uh, get a hold of us at Kirk at blackthorn-group.com if you want to know more about that or message us below the video or uh, if you're watching us on YouTube you can message below that video yep, too and we'll watch yeah. uh, <laughs> also something I was just informed of before the show and we're going to do another announcement afterwards all of our shows are now available on iTunes thank you Sophie and Fabian you guys are awesome <laughs> Fabian's giving me a dirty look like <laughs> we're going to do that later <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm stealing your thunder and uh, we also have our financial success Summit coming up on January 19th. We've got uh, a lot of seats filled on that already. I'm very yeah, excited for this one. It's going to be the best one we've done yet. I know people say that all the time, but uh, I have a couple of tricks up my sleeve that we're going to be adding to this one, which is pretty intense. We've got, of course, Claudia Harvey coming out there, our CEO, uh, Craig Dunkerley, Jonathan Tilger, our mortgage broker partner, mm -hmm. and uh, a couple of other special guests that I think we'll be, uh, we'll be bringing out for that one. So that's going to be a great event on January 19th. And then, of course, last but not least, we are off for two weeks. I know. How will you ever survive? I'm very sorry, but uh, Craig and I are both going to Mexico next week. Not on the same days, but I will be flying at the time that the show tapes normally. So, unfortunately, we'll not be live for the next <laughs> two weeks. Uh, Craig and I, uh, Craig, I guess we're going to have to suffer in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> no words at all, just laughter. <laughs> so, again, thank you for joining us. We'll see you here live every single Thursday at 3 p.m., except for the next two. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back the, uh, I don't know what the date is, but uh, two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, thanks. Uh, signing off for Blackthorn Group, I, uh, I'm Jeff Eady. Joining me was Captain Kirk Forsyth and, of course, our CEO, Craig Dunkerley. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you soon. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks for watching the show. I'm Jeff. I'm Kirk. You got that one right. I Good did. You. No, thank you. Click, uh, click the link below. Beside, beside. Right there. here. Right here. Click this link. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, watch us live on Facebook, and uh, go to paylesstaxbook.com. Uh, subscribe, and we will get you notifications of all of our shows. Oh, yeah. The goal that they may not be. <laughs>